0: making any progress at all, if you've got the peace of God, you can stay steady. You can make it if you can keep the peace of God. I, I want to emphasize that. I, I don't ever want to tire with preaching about it because I feel like as time goes on, I, I do believe we're living in the last days. And as time goes on, the need for people being Uh, and walking in the peace of God is going to become more and more appreciated and valued as time goes on by children of God. Amen. But in all of this, the spirit of a person in the last days is going to, to be revealed. And a lot of people's spirits and attitude, I don't know if you... You, you, you've been around and interacting with people, but it seems like there's just a little bit of being on edge with people today. Uh, people are stressed. They're under pressure. There's a lot of things that are contributing to that. A lot of things that are going on to uh, contribute to the attitude and the, uh, that, that spirit of being on edge because people are under uh, seemingly a spiritual siege right now. But with the help of the Spirit of the Lord, with the Holy Ghost on the inside of a believer and with us aligning our spirit to His, we can be sustained and we can not just survive but we can can progress and mature and grow and be fruitful in seasons when everybody else it seems like is going down when it seems like everybody else has been halted in their progress, when it seems like everybody else is not doing so good, I believe that the child of God can flourish. I believe that the child of God can rise above it. I believe the child of God can overcome. The child of God can conquer and be victorious. Oh, I really believe that. I'm not just saying that. That's not just a statement to get you hyped up. But that is the truth of God's Word. I don't think that a child of God, a saint of God, should succumb to everything that the world succumbs to. We should not succumb to the fear that is sieging this world. We should not succumb to all the pandemonium that has broke out in this world. We should not succumb to the attitudes and the spirits of this world that are pervasive right now we're children of God we're in this world but again I remind you that we're not of this world we're pilgrims we're sojourners we're seekers for a city whose builder and maker is God don't get too comfortable with this world don't get too comfortable with what's going on down here because we're just passing through come on is that the way you feel are you just passing through or have you driven down your stakes and you plan on staying here I I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the day that the trump sounds and there's a shout of an archangel and the dead in Christ rise first and we which are alive and remain are caught up together with them in the clouds. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it more today than I was yesterday. More this month than I was last month. More this year. Oh, yeah, more this year than I was last year. Hallelujah. Looking forward to going home to be with Jesus. But if I could keep my spirit right. And I have kind of talked about this, but I want to drill a little deeper into it. And that is the spirit and the attitudes that you see out there in this world are precursors to what's going to attempt to get inside these doors and affect the lives of people that I'm speaking to here tonight. It's just it's just evidence of what is working. And don't think, don't think that the devil's not gonna attempt to get into families and try to divide them, bring discord to them. Don't think that he's not gonna try. He's been trying for years. I was preaching this last Thursday night at the uh, pastoral anniversary and I got to talking about how it seems like the devil was never satisfied with just taking the people of God in the Old Testament into captivity but then when he had them in captivity he would always turn his tension and his focus back to the houses of worship and he would try his very level best to take the focal point and the place where they would go and meet God and he would try to destroy it. He would try to sow discord. He would try his best to dismantle it. He had a hatred towards the house of God because this was the meeting place, as the Bible describes it, for the people of God to come and to have an appointment with the Lord, to have sins rolled ahead, number one, and also to have sweet fellowship and worship with God. That all took place in the house of And so while he had them in captivity, he would turn his attention to go and try to destroy what we call the temple of the Old Testament or the tabernacle of the Old Testament. But in essence, for your uh, understanding, it was what we today call the church would try his best to bring confusion and disarray to the church and disrupt the worship that was going on at the church and get people off kelter and out of focus Amen. Believing why, if he can wipe church out of their minds, he could get them thinking about other things and distracted away from the church. He could keep them from living in victory. He could keep them from feeling the presence of God and experiencing the restoration and the strength and renewal that comes with being in the presence of the Lord. You and I need this. You and I have got to have this. We've got to plug in and be recharged and renewed. And refreshed over and over and over again. Come on, don't talk to me about what you got 25 years ago. Amen. Because what you got 25 years ago is not going to sustain you in this hour. In 2020, you can't live on what you got in 1990. You got to get a fresh new experience. You got to be renewed in the Holy Ghost again. You need to speak in tongues all over again. Hallelujah. It's a necessity. I gotta be refreshed. I gotta be renewed. I gotta get another touch. Even David realized that he was anointed the first time over the house of Judah, second time, just a couple of chapters later, over the house of Israel. No wonder he could say. No wonder he could say in Psalms twenty-three, he anointed my cup with oil. Or I'm anointed, I'm anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth. Over. You know, that's what we need in this hour is not just enough for us to be saved. Not just enough for our little family to get saved. But we need a running over experience that everybody that we come in contact with, they know that we've been with Jesus. They know that we've experienced the power of God. They know that we have a relationship with Him. They realize we got something that they need. Your joy spills over on them. Your peace spills over on them. Your your, your fulfillment in God spills over on them. Your excitement about your relationship with God spills over on them. That's the problem. We we worry only about ourselves so much. When that was never the intent. You know, when you're going to be more most fulfilled in God and most favored and blessed in your relationship with the Lord, is when you're ministering to others. It's when you're living beyond yourself. It's when you're willing. Willing to give of yourself in the kingdom of God. If we only have the attitude that I'm just in this for myself. Likely we won't be saved. Likely you won't make it. Because that selfish attitude has no place in God's kingdom. This thing was built on sacrifice folks. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. From the very beginning, the intent was to go to Calvary. From the very beginning, the intent that blood would be shed to purchase the salvation of souls. So this thing began and it was established on Calvary. This thing started with sacrifice. And if it's going to continue, if there's going to be a Pentecost in the future, it's going to be because there's people that was willing to sacrifice. But with everything that is going on, we've got to keep our spirit right, the right attitude. The right spirit is imperative. Amen? Amen? Proverbs 18 14 said, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. And infirmity is a weakness. It will sustain him. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? You might wonder what that really means. In other words, if you can keep your spirit right, you may have weaknesses. We all have propensities that we're not particularly proud of. We all have weak spots and blind spots in our lives. Handicaps. We've all known what it is to have to come back and say, God, I haven't performed at the highest level. I haven't done what was required of me. But God, if you'll forgive me, I repent. And I want to go from here in the strength of that restoration and not go back. problem is not falling. The problem is staying down. The problem is going back to the same beggarly elements over and over and over again and not progressing in God and becoming in God. You know that's a book. That Bible is a book of becoming. Amen. When you come into the church when you're filled with the Holy Ghost you're not everything you need to be overnight but when you're growing in Him and understanding more about Him and letting the Spirit lead you and letting the Spirit teach you and letting the Word of God inform you in some areas and letting the preached Word of God cut on you a little bit as it were the sword of the spirit let it cut on you a little bit and god begins to refine some things in you and you become a a, a saint of god you become a true child of god and you begin to walk with him and the further you walk with him the more favor and the more blessing and the more maturity comes and you begin to realize amen i may not be all that i need to be but i'm a long ways away from what i used to be god delivered me God set me free. I'm on a new path. I'm living a new life. I'm I'm a different person. I used to be pound. I used to be addicted. I I used to have a rotten spirit and attitude. But now i got a different mindset about everything. You know, we, we don't talk about the renewing of the mind nearly as other parts of renewal and salvation in a person's life. But I'm going to tell you, if your thinking doesn't change, and if your mindset doesn't change, you didn't really get a real infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because even your attitude towards your brother or sister changes. And when you notice things cropping up in your life, when you notice something coming between you and another person, especially, especially as it pertains to the church, is what my focus is here tonight. Come on, don't let that spirit that's out there in this world get in here. Don't let that attitude that is out there in this world get in here. Don't let the battles that they're fighting out there—that's carnally minded. We're supposed to be spiritually minded. Don't don't allow that, that kind of attitude and spirit to consume you so much. Amen. That you allow it to invade our reign. I, I, that's not of God that's not what God would be pleased with if we want the favor and I trust you do if you want the blessings of the Lord you're going to have to be a kingdom thinker not a worldly earthly thinker not somebody that's only concerned with what's going down, going on down here in the kingdoms of this earth but we live for a heavenly kingdom that is beyond anything that is in this world that is incomparable to anything that is in this world it, it's far greater than anything that you could you could be involved with down here. And the Bible really describes that to us. It tells us to set our affection on what? On things above and not beneath. Too many people have their affections on things beneath. What's going on in this world consumes them. And it's much easier nowadays because of all of the media that folks have on their phone it's much easier now because you carry it around in your front pocket you can get the latest and the greatest anytime you want access to it and uh, I, I've, I've been around people of late they talk politics so much that I, I'm on a puke I mean that's like the only thing they know to talk about is just politics politics and I have my preference and like I'm sure you do and since I'm a pastor and I'm not to promote candidates and anything like that, I would tell you to vote the Word of God. Really, that simplifies things right there. Vote the Word of God. Amen. And I would remind you that when you vote for a president, you're not voting for a pastor. voting for a leader of a country, he's not Holy Ghost filled. It'd be nice to have one that's Holy Ghost filled, but probably unlikely that we'll ever have one that's Holy Ghost filled. But we do need to vote our conscience. Not just our conscience, but it needs to line up to the Word of God. And that's what you need to vote. And so, before we have a political rally here I'm going to get off that but I thought I thought you know I have an opinion too but I can tell you that whatever happens Tuesday and we likely won't find out Tuesday but whatever happens Tuesday that's not going to affect me as far as my vision for the kingdom of God because I'm not living for this world Ah, you dropped off on your amens there. I'm not living for what just happens down here. Oh, I want the best, and I'm going to do what is right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to, to stay true to my convictions and all of those kinds of things, and, and I've already told you how I feel about all of that, that I'm not going to vote for a candidate that believes in abortion. And when it gets to where you can't vote against one uh, or you can't vote for one that doesn't believe in abortion, then I'm out. I'm not going to vote anymore because uh, that's just, that's a red line for me. I'm not going to step over that line. So that's just one of those things that makes it real easy. I'm not going to vote for somebody that believes in abortion. Because that is the most barbaric thing that I can think of that anybody could participate in. And to think that it's been legalized in America makes me sick. I mean, we're going back to pagan tree in the Old Testament when you talk about that. And then you think about the women that have been convinced to do that. And the guilt and the shame that they have to bear for the rest of their lives. And we know a God that is able to put them their lives back together. And you, if you're here and, 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 and that is a part of your past, aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus that is able to forgive and cleanse us and wash us? But it shouldn't even be permissible in a nation that is civilized for anybody to do something like that. If I can keep my spirit right, it doesn't matter what goes on out there. It doesn't matter what happens in this world. I've got to keep my spirit right. It'll sustain me. Proverbs 25, 28 says, he that had no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. has no borders, no limitations. If you By the help of the Lord. You can't do it just in yourself. But through the help of the Lord. Through the Holy Ghost. Again, this is another reason why I underscore that the Holy Ghost is not just a spare tire. It's not just something that is an add-on. It is an essentiality to your salvation. Because you can't keep rule over your own spirit without the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost to direct you. You've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost to put borders on your spirit to keep you sometimes from going off the rails. Because there's a provoker out there. There's a world that is trying its level best. The spirit of the world is trying its level best to provoke. And, and, and your response to all of those things has to be a Holy Ghost response. You know, just in a moment, just in a moment of weakness, just a moment of letting go, just a moment of being under pressure and stress, you can literally destroy a lifetime of testimony. You can ruin your efforts. Let's pray for that baby. You can ruin all of the things that you've righteously done for so long and been so consistent with in just a moment. Well, if you knew what I was under, the pressure and the stress that I was going through, and what I had to put up with, come on now. i got to believe the Holy Ghost is stronger than that. You can justify just about anything if you want to. But the Holy Ghost and the power of God is able. It's able to help us to rule our own spirit. But if those, if that spirit ever gets askew, then it's like a city without walls. Anything is able to, anger is able to come in, hostility is able to come in. Bitterness is able to come in. And you let those things grow. You let those things enter in your heart and continue to nurture those things and don't get rid of those things. It'll destroy your life. I know people that want to talk about something that happened to them years, decades before. They want to talk about it like it's yesterday. That's why the Bible says that we're to be born again. That's why the Bible said all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Come on, when you when you get the blood applied to your life, it takes away all the past that is back there. And then when you look back, you don't see the past, the hideousness of it. You don't see the reminders of what you used to be and the feelings that you used to have and the hatred that you used to participate in, and the way that you used to, to feel about others and things and certain people, when their image came to your mind, hatred rose in your heart. You don't think of it, when you look back now, you say like the psalmist. Surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. I can't even see the past of sin. I can't even see the condemnation that is out there. All I see is goodness. All I see is mercy. Everywhere I go, I see the mercies of God. there was an instance in Israel where the Bible said that the Lord came around the angels of the Lord came around and was a rear guard to them in other words he came around behind the host of the people and stood between them and their enemy that's what the psalmist is talking about when he said surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days Pharaoh may be back there but I can't see him the enemy may be back there but I can't see him all I can see is the presence of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord. That's who's following. Come here. Come here. Your goodness. You can be seated. Your mercy. Come here. You're going to be the enemy tonight. You're not standing up here with goodness and mercy. You're back there we're going to start walking and that's my past that's things I'd like to be able to get rid of loose from come on don't sit there like you're sanctified I know better than that there's only one John the Baptist that was born with the Holy Ghost and you're not him amen I'm just joking with you but all of us have came the same way You listen to me. If you're here tonight and you don't have the Spirit of the Lord, you don't have the Holy Ghost, all of us got it the same way. We all had to come and repent. That's a prerequisite. We had to repent of our sins and die out to our sins. And when we repented and said, God, not only am I sorry, but I don't want to go back to it. I want to live a new life. And with your help, I'm going to do that. Then, then we were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. That, that stopped it right there. That abated it right there. Sin that was growing in my life and becoming uncontrollable in my life was stopped. When I went down in the waters of baptism, it was abated. I was, it went into remission at that point. And then God gloriously filled me with the promise of the Holy Ghost. Born again into newness of life. I don't have to deal with the past. I'm separated from the past. It's back there. But as I'm making my journey, walking with come on, fellas. Come on, goodness. Come on, mercy. I look back over my shoulder and where there used to be an enemy dogging me. Come on. People go to support groups and, and they have their place. People go to try to to, to get medicated, to overcome their problems. And people try to do all of the things that counts and all that stuff to try to figure it all out. To, and, 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 when, and they make it a little ways and they look back and the same old enemy standing there. The same thing that used to bind them. The same thing that used to hinder them. The same thing that, that condemns them. The same thing that they'd like to get loose from. It's there. The same thing that they can't seem to separate themselves from. But that's before goodness and mercy moved in. Amen. And when it stepped between me and my old enemy, my old habits, my old addictions, my old attitude. Come on now. You've got to keep up with us a little bit amen and while I'm traveling along I look back over my shoulder I don't see him back there all I see is goodness Uh, God you've been good to me you've been gracious to me you've shown me a whole lot of mercy mercy I'm thankful that you're there and it blinds me thank you fellas it blinds me to the fact uh, that there's an enemy that would like to catch up he'd like to destroy me he'd like to bring me down he'd like to recapture me he'd like for me to backslide but at the goodness of the Lord and the mercies of the Lord will keep me. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to be what he wants me to be. I'm never going back to the things I used to be. Come on, lift up your hands and let's give praise to the Lord. Come on, let's give praise to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus come on I just feel like dealing with this right now there's somebody that's felt condemnation there's somebody that's felt guilt and shame and wondered how do I overcome because of choices that I made in my past because of decisions that were made decades ago will I ever be able to rise above it will I ever really be able to be free will I ever be able to lay my head down on my pillow at night and really know what it is to have peace and to know joy again and really be happy again will I ever have that in my life? I'm going to tell you goodness and mercy wants to come and intervene for you the spirit of the Lord wants to step in and minister to you would you stand with me right now and lift up your hands to the Lord I'm a million miles away from what I intended to do tonight But I do feel the Holy Ghost. I do feel the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. brought this out, and the Bible said the other night about prayer, but mercy is such a critical thing in a church. It was all the way back there in the tabernacle in the holies of holies that they had the Ark of the Covenant, and on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat, and this was where the blood was poured out. The law was right up underneath that. The law that condemned them for their sins. The law that proved that they were guilty. Priest would come and he would bring that blood and he would pour it out upon top of that mercy seat. That was the job that he had to do. Sin was rolled ahead. The glory of the Lord, Shekinah would come, which was representative of the glory of the Lord. But the Bible said on top of that mercy seat was cherubims made of gold. And those cherubims their wings stretched out and they touched. They were symmetrically unified, look, look, facing one another but not looking at one another. You might say, where were they looking? They were looking downward upon the mercy, upon the blood. They weren't looking at one another. They were symmetrically in unison with one another. Their wings touched. Everything was the same. In other words, there was unity between them. But their focus wasn't on one another. Their focus was on the mercies of God. Can I tell you the only way for unity to be in the church is for us to be focused on the mercies of God? The only way for mercy, our only way for unity to exist in the church is for us to realize you know what? God's been so merciful to me and good to me to allow me to be a part of this thing. I'm not going to get into trying to exclude anybody else or to tell anybody else that they're not worthy. I'm not going to bring up anybody else's past because I realize that goodness and mercy is the only thing that's keeping me. The only thing that's separating me from my past is the goodness and the mercy of You say, Well, I don't I don't have the past that somebody else does. I hadn't done the things they've done. I hadn't been involved. Well, that's goodness. That's God being good to you. God has been good to you. Mercy works both ways. Mercy can work to salvage you and save you, and mercy also works to keep you. Amen. And if God has been merciful enough to help you to stay straight and stay kept, then that's wonderful. That's that's the goodness of God in your life. But if mercy had to, to, to... pull you up and restore you and put your light back together that's an awesome testimony as well but nevertheless we're focused on the mercies of God and the goodness of God that is in our lives and not focused on one another and one another's mistakes mercy is something that we have to exercise not just something God has to exercise if there's going to be unity in a church it's going to be something that you exercise Because God has been merciful to me, I'm going to show mercy to others. Come on, there's none of us that are better than another. There's none of us that are higher up on the totem pole than another. Hello? There's none of us. There's none of us that needs to look down our nose at another. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for mercy. Mercy. You couldn't lift your hands and worship God and feel what you're feeling if it wasn't for mercy. Come on, and I've pastored, I pastored this church long enough to know that we're all on equal footing here. We're all at the foot of the cross. We're all in need of the blood of Jesus. We all need the mercy of the Lord. So I don't want to walk anywhere that I can't take goodness and mercy with me. Because that's the only thing that separates me from that avenger. It's the only thing that separates me from my enemy. Are you thankful for the mercies of God?